few announcements first. I'm not sure how many of you uh, knew uh, our retired deacon Edward Donoso. He ministered really exclusively at the Spanish Mass. You may not have had a chance to know him, but he had been in declining health recently and went into a hospice facility a few days ago and passed uh, this Friday. And so certainly want to pray for his repose and pray for his wife Miriam and the family. Uh, Father Bali, Deacon Pereira, and I were able to visit him on different occasions to give him the final sacraments to support his passage from this life to the next. And so we certainly, as a parish, pray for his eternal repose. We pray for the consolation for Miriam and for the family. For those interested, the vigil service for Deacon Donoso will be this Wednesday at 6 p.m. at the Smith and Kernkey Chapel on North May. And then the funeral mass, which will be in Spanish, will be Thursday here in the church at 10 a.m. <clears throat> Everyone is invited to honor Our Lady of Guadalupe this week on December 12th, that's Tuesday. You can see the bulletin for the schedule of morning songs, and then later in the day, the evening mass. A pre-dawn, Rorate Mass, in honor of Mary, illuminated only by candlelight, will be next Saturday morning, December 16th, here in the church at 6.15 a.m. You're encouraged to attend this Advent Marian custom. The annual blessing of the Bambanelli, the baby Jesus figurine from your home nativity set, will be after all Masses next weekend. You should have the figurine with you at Mass and then remain after Mass for the blessing. Please pay careful attention, you're going to hear this a lot, to the special Mass schedules for the weekend of December 23rd and 24th, and then following immediately the special schedule for Christmas. You need to pay close attention since the normal weekend Mass offerings will be different. It's necessary to attend both a Mass for the fourth Sunday of Advent and a Christmas Mass, two separate Masses, two separate obligations. Please see the schedule that is printed in the bulletin. The Order of Malta is hosting a blanket drive through December 24th to benefit Sister BJ's Pantry. A marked donation box is in the narthex where you can leave a new or gently used full-size blanket to help the homeless. And finally, I just got to say, what a theological powerhouse that opening hymn is. <laughs> I invite you to take a look at that. It is some great reflection for some sound theology. Lo, he comes with clouds descending, huh? referencing the return of the Lord in glory, our other Advent focus, uh, robed in dreadful majesty. Uh, it shows the importance of sound theology in our hymns, huh? that we don't just sing kind of any random song, but things that speak to us of the truths of our faith. That's rapidly becoming one of my favorite uh, Advent hymns. That's a convenient way for the pastor to tell the sacred music director that it needs to stay on the schedule a lot. <laughs> If you can recall how Advent started with last Sunday's gospel passage, you might be experiencing what we could call some evangelical whiplash. A new liturgical year, a new season began last Sunday with Advent, yet that weekend's gospel was a selection more toward the end of St. Mark's gospel and maintained the theme of the coming judgment with the awaited return of the Lord in glory. This Sunday's Gospel selection sort of violently throws us back to the opposite pole of Advent. The selection comes from the first verses of St. Mark's Gospel, 
And it seems more Adventy since we hear of the great Advent figure of St. John the Baptist and that familiar call to prepare the way of the Lord. We are back to the beginnings with the gospel selection this weekend, and that can serve as a theme for us and the spiritual renewal we need in Advent to prepare anew the way of the Lord in our own daily lives, in our hearts, our minds, and our souls. It's clear from the gospel selection that something about St. John the Baptist's location, his proclamation, and his appearance hit a nerve such that great numbers of people were coming out to him. The gospel tells us that St. John appeared in the desert and that he was baptizing people in the Jordan River. The details of St. John's location can serve as signals that pointed Jews of his time back to the Exodus. When God began to execute that foundational saving event of the Exodus by bringing his people out of Egypt, Where did the Hebrew people go? They went out into the desert. They journeyed there 40 years as God sought to train them to break their connection to Egypt, to be trained in his law, and to move away from slavery and toward the promised land. And where did the Exodus end? It ended at the Jordan River. As the 12 tribes crossed the Jordan, into the promised land. We can say that the action of St. John is equivalent to calling Jews back to the beginnings of their foundational experience of salvation in the Exodus. St. John's preaching and administering of a baptism of repentance at the Jordan River can serve to call God's people back to this pivotal place in their history and at the same time to announce that a new Exodus is arriving. This gospel scene is an opportunity for God's people to be renewed in their covenant so that they are ready for how God will still fulfill his promises and more perfectly bring about redemption by the arrival of the one mightier than St. John who is to come. And no surprise then that if you read further into the Gospels after Jesus has engaged in his preaching and is nearing his arrival in Jerusalem for crucifixion, that event is marked by the imagery of Passover and Exodus. In fact, St. Luke in the Transfiguration account even indicates that Moses and Elijah appear alongside Jesus speaking to him about his exodus. The ministry of St. John called multitudes back to their beginnings to be renewed in repentance and the forgiveness of sins so that they would be prepared for the new thing God desired to do by his sacrifice on the cross and his passage as through the Red Sea or through the veil torn open in the temple, ushering the way into the everlasting promised land of heaven. The gospel selection likewise serves as a call to us to return to our beginnings when we were brought out of slavery to sin, passing through the waters of baptism and given the hope of crossing that final Jordan into heaven. We exist in the time of the new exodus accomplished by Jesus. We have been brought into that most perfect covenant of salvation in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ.
We have been redeemed. Yet like God's people returning time and again to the poison of Egypt, we are inclined to sin and struggle to remain alive and faithful to the new covenant. We also need to go back to our beginnings. We also need to hear the call to repentance. We also need the forgiveness of our sins. We also need to respond in great multitudes to this urgent Advent call to be prepared. The Lord's first arrival accomplished the salvation of the cross and ushered in the power of the sacraments. We need to remain in that covenant gift, and we need to renew ourselves in that fountain of sacramental grace flowing from the Lord's open side on the cross so that we are prepared for the Lord's return in glory and our final passage to the heavenly promised land. With good reason, the church teaches us that one of the values of confession and sacramental absolution is that we are restored to baptismal grace. We are called back to our beginnings in confession. We are called back to that first gift of the forgiveness of sins. After baptism, if we're honest with ourselves, we know we struggle with sin and we are inclined to sin. After baptism, we commit sins for which we bear personal responsibility. Such sins also need to be forgiven. And thanks be to God, after baptism, we have access to that mercy time and again in the sacrament of confession. Like St. John's ministry in today's passage, we are called back to our beginnings in this holy season. God is not done with us and we must prepare for his return in glory as judge. We pray so frequently, even daily, perhaps multiple times a day, in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses. How foolish it would be to make such a request, but then never to return, or to rarely return, to our beginnings, where Jesus has indicated his gift of forgiveness and mercy exists where it is found, where it is heard with our own ears, and where it is granted in the sacrament of confession. The preaching of St. Peter in the second reading likewise proclaims this call to repentance and the coming day of judgment. The Lord, said St. Peter, is patient with you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a mighty roar, and the elements will be dissolved by fire, and the earth and everything done on it will be found out. Therefore, beloved, since you await these things, be eager to be found without spot or blemish before him at peace.